Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. Come, come, come on, invite it. I don't care which side that you fight it. Gonna get you gone. Good evening and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein, and with me as always is the amazing Karen Randazzo. You bought me a comic to apologize for stabbing me? And the wonderful Chris Randazzo. Thanks for not dying. We here on this week's episode talk television. I had the pleasure of picking this week's episode and I chose Killjoy's. Season 1, Episode 8, Come the Rain. So, what did you guys think? Well, Evan, <laughs> when you had mentioned this to us, you had said that you would, um, you, it's the closest thing you were going to get to, to Firefly, sort of. Like, you mm-hmm. akined it a bit to Firefly. Um, and uh, I don't want to be a killjoy here, oh. but... Uh, <laughs> uh, I would not mention this show in the same fart as Firefly. Interesting. Uh, n- no, no, I did not. I did not enjoy it very much. Um, a, a good, a sizable portion of that came from me already being in a bad mood. I think because well, uh, that's not fair. <laughs> the Sci-Fi Channel app on Apple TV oh. is awful. Yeah, it is, is just awful. I did find out that I have access to the Sci-Fi Channel through Sling. Okay. So I went and downloaded the Sci-Fi app, and I went and looked up Killjoys, and then I went and clicked on Season 1, and then it brought me back to this previous menu, and I thought, boy, that's weird. Maybe <laughs> maybe I did something wrong. So I clicked on the, you know, Season 2, it brought me to a list of episodes. Like, huh, all right, go back, click on Season 1. It does the thing, like it's going to bring me to a new menu, but it just refreshes the same screen. And so I fiddled with that with a little while, and I said, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Screw you, sci-fi app. <laughs> well, thankfully, I, I provided the episode just you in did, case. Yes. That's a backup. That's, that's, I'm, I'm, gl- I'm very happy that I asked. I'm very happy that you supplied it. It's, it was the, the right thing to do. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I did try. I really did. I, 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 I tried to go in with a bit of an open mind, but it just it smelled so much of... Sci-fi? sci-fi, yeah, Sifi, <laughs> Sifi Channel original series, and I mean, Iceman's somehow less famous brother is like the main character on this show. <laughs> like, it, it's actually it's um, what's a fucking not Perry White from Smallville? What the fuck, um, Jimmy Olsen from Smallville? Really, really. Yeah. Well, see, I didn't watch Smallville. Then he's I just, probably not less famous. Aaron yeah. Ashmore. <laughs> I'm looking at it like I'm looking at it like, man, this guy looks really familiar. And then I saw his name in the credits. I was like, oh, it's Sean Ashmore's brother. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow, it's funny how you went with Sean Ashmore's brother <laughs> when I go with Aaron Ashmore's brother when discussing Sean. Hmm. Well, you know, good times. I didn't know they were twins. You know, that was yeah. just yes. good. Good for them for being all twin like. <laughs> Karen, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna help you feel any better 
Um, I'm sorry. I didn't hate it, um, but there was nothing in it that I thought was like great to make it stand out. It just it was very sci-fi original. Uh, it just felt like everybody's either there to get a paycheck or there to learn how to make a TV show. Interesting, because it you know, didn't it didn't exude any kind of like soul to me. It was like these character these character archetypes. That weren't that didn't seem to be very special, you know. Like, oh, there's the badass woman, and she's all vulnerable, and she fucks people to feel better. Like, I mean, let's just get that out of the way. the The <laughs> sex and cursing are very just feel really forced. Like, it just feels really unnatural in this show. Like, the rest of everything, it, it was slightly uncomfortable when you saw stuff like that in Firefly, but. Mm-hmm. It was it, it was it was pieced together okay, you know. It was it it worked for the show. In this one, like they're just like, and here are two dudes bearded, like two people boning, just <laughs> just having a good old time, just splashed on the screen, and we're just gonna force it on you to make you know that you're watching something that is not for kids. It may be all spacey and sci-fi, but you're gonna take it seriously because this guy said shit, and then someone else <laughs> said it ten minutes later. <laughs> I, I didn't. I it, it's the kind of show I I almost didn't want to. I didn't want to hate it or anything, and I think I disliked it even more than Karen. I was just I was really bothered by this show. Like it, it, it felt like it was just. I didn't like anybody. <laughs> I would, I wanted to like at least one character. I wanted to look at the show and be like, I like this guy. And you know who I did? You know who I did? I did like a guy. I liked a guy in a bar. There was one of the guys in the bar, and he like gave somebody a silly look whenever they said something. I was like, I like that guy. He's my new guy. And minutes later, he was dead. <laughs> Just dead. Yeah, yeah. He did, he did, he did get executed. Um, and like, the, the, what's with Killjoys? Like, yeah, what is a killjoy? What is a killjoy? Kill bounty hunter. That's their job. They are bounty hunters. And the reason I chose this particular yeah, episode is because it shows the character dynamic that happens from this point forward. You are jumping into episode eight, and there's like this is the first episode that's dealing with the repercussions of. I, I don't know which one. Did you see the previously on bullshit? Yeah. We saw okay. Big McLarge Huge go spazzy and stab people. Yes. And that was a built-up episode right before this. Now, I wasn't... My main concern wasn't was not showing you the the, 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 the... the badass and the stereotypical, you know, soldier boy, which shows up in just about every sci-fi mm-hmm. show. It was more about the Aaron Ashmore character and the Doctor. That those two, as the, the, the episodes progress, their story ties together and they grow as characters because they were sort of, especially the Doctor, they were shadowed for the first eight episodes where he was comic relief primarily. And she was just a bit character. The and this was also one of the first episodes where you got to see each one of 
the archetypes. You know, the, 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 the religious dude, the bartender, the doctor. The- oh, the religious dude. Oh, can we talk about his friggin' outfit for a second? Like... <laughs> Yeah, let's take a uh, like. Let's just make it a cape, but like with no, no sleeves. shirt. It's, a, it's, it's yeah. yeah we're well. gonna do an open back blouse, an open back sleeveless blouse, <laughs> and just wear it backwards. It'll look all crazy religious. Ugh. That that was one of the things that made me feel like it was a show where um, some people were like like their first job in TV or that they were just learning like. That looks like a kind of a student idea of a sci-fi costume. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I you thought I thought I'd like the bartender. I didn't. Um, and like the whole bit with the, and I guess it's just because of where we were coming in because we didn't get all the the character development. I looked at it. I looked at the doctor woman being all like when she was all like, "I'm I'm going through withdrawal or something. And I need that to get through this medication." I was just thinking about the Save by the Bell episode. It's all I could think about. It's just like, "Oh, it's it's Jesse on the pills." It's 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 like I can't believe this. And there was no chemistry between them either. I think that was another well, that's the thing that sets at, at this point there isn't supposed to be chemistry between them. She yeah, had, I don't mean I don't mean romantic chemistry. I mean acting chemistry. Like okay. between any single person on this show, there was no chemistry, and that's what sets aside shows. Like like one of the reasons Firefly is so good at what it is is because all those actors work so well together, and they all have dynamics. From the moment you you you're introduced to them, the way they play off of each other is is interesting there's there's a certain energy in the way that the characters interact with one another and i didn't get that from any of these characters they none of them like the two that were the two that were stuck it was a beefy mclarge dude and you know sex chick were stranded on the ship together because this guy the uh, iceman's brother put together this like ridiculous <laughs> like absolutely ridiculously in-depth questionnaire is <laughs> freezing the ship segment which i mean how does it know to pause itself and wait for the the answers to be given i the less you think about it the better and then the way they get out of that is just by dropping the machine on the floor i was just i was so mad it's like screw you show screw you out loud i mean really but i didn't get any chemistry from those guys from them on there i didn't get any the closest i got to chemistry i think was Iceman's brother and you know backwards blouse guy and even then, like once all the the oh oh god, if I swear to God, if I see another like a bunch of people living in caves coming over and fawning over the religious guy, like they're in the middle of Batman v Superman, and Superman just showed up to save people drowning from a freaking flood or something, I'm going to vomit. I'm like oh <laughs> bless me, bless me, like Jesus, <laughs> like I haven't this seen this a thousand in thousand times. <laughs> Like you're inundated with religious characters in television and movies. I it's I don't I can't think of more examples than the the Superman thing. But I swear it is something that happens where there's a bunch of poor people in a cave and they see somebody who's a religious figure and they all fawn over him. And somebody over there who doesn't believe in that shit's just looking on like, wow, these people suck. And then and I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, what are you wearing? <laughs> I think this is one of my favorite episodes so far. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. All right. Well, I may have done a disservice to you two. <laughs> you, you may have because I have looked online and I have seen like some 
like people love this show. Mm-hmm. There's a contingent of folks who genuinely love this show. Like when I was looking for artwork for the episode, I saw lots of message boards were like, "Yay, Killjoys is coming back! This show is so good!" And it might be one of those things that you just have to get into and start from the beginning and really kind of make yourself get into. But on the other hand, I have a relatively low tolerance for shitty new sci-fi, mm-hmm. whereas I really love shitty old sci-fi. But like, I. What was I? What was that show that Keely made us watch? I cannot remember. There was some oh, Lex. It was Lex. Lex. L e x x. What a piece of shit that was. <laughs> um, I, you know, and and I don't even. I don't want to. I I don't want to like cause a riot or anything. But I did not care for Stargate SG One or any of the thirty five Stargate shows. I probably would have dug Farscape if I gave it more of a chance, but I kind of didn't, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't really dig Sliders. Like, there's wow, something about... Sliders is not new. <laughs> well, n- no, it's not new, but it's it's not 70s sci-fi. It's it's modern era sci-fi. Mm-hmm. It's like 90s and, and onward. And it's like, there's a... I didn't, didn't like Babylon 5 either. There's there's a lot of sci-fi that I'm, I guess I'm really picky about it because I, I love Star Trek. You know, I, lo- I love original Star Trek. I love Next Generation. I love Deep Space Nine. I did not care for Voyager. I thought Enterprise was pretty decent, but I, I freaking love Firefly. I love Star Wars. Like, I really love science fiction, but for well, some reason... It seems that the, the, the science fiction that you're mentioning, all outside of Firefly, all has a, a, a ridiculous backstory and, and a world in itself. So maybe it's just the new. It could just be the new, but it could all. It's when I look at this show, I think of when I look at all the shows that I, I like, like all the the science fiction shows that I enjoy. It's you know groups of people working together on a ship of, of some flavor, or not even necessarily on a ship, but just groups of people working together. And this, like I said, it's I didn't like any of the characters. I didn't like anything about any of the characters. I didn't. I, I didn't relate to any of the characters. I didn't root for any anyone at any point, except for the dude who got shot in the bar. I was totally rooting for him. I'm very sad he got shot. But, you know, when the the bad guys in the bar showed up and they were just so unfathomably one-dimensional and like, oh, that dude's doing a thing and uh, he's contacting the Empire or the Alliance or whatever the hell it is in this show. And, and then the rain. Boy, the rain. Um, that's a That's rough, man. That's yeah. That, that was rain one was special effect. That was, I mean, I guess like a crazy acid rain like that works in certain settings. It's like every time something like that comes up, and that's something that's come up a lot. It's like crazy, super deathly acid rain. I just think to myself, how, like the logistics of how like the buildings stay standing and whatnot. Like, <laughs> <I was laughs> what what is the infrastructure like on this planet? Like, how are there still roads if it's just eating through flesh in matter of minutes like how are there still roads um i i i, I don't know I, I i don't see myself giving it another shot um and i don't, certainly don't fine I, I want your blood pressure to actually lower a bit at this point <laughs> i don't begrudge anybody who likes this show i i find you know like it, it's it was the the whole like they kept calling them killjoys and stuff and like so I'm sure there's some sort of kitschy story about why bounty hunters are called killjoys and not, you know, bounty hunters. But not really. You know, 
No. And that, it's that kind of cheap world building that puts me off so much. Like, it's it's like they it's like they watched Firefly and saw the playbook and said, "All right, well, we need to come up with funny words to replace regular words so that it seems spacey, and we can't just call them bounty hunters." You know, like we we got to come up with a word for them, and and that's going to be the hook, and then people can buy T-shirts that say that they're Killjoys on it. Like it's we've got to have our own brown coats. Mm-hmm. It seems so manufactured to me, and and unnatural. It doesn't. It, it seems like it want this show wants me to buy into this world without earning it, and I I even a show is admittedly enjoyably but ultimately crappy is Blind Spot like. I buy into the ridiculousness of that world because they earned it. Like, it, most of it doesn't See, make sense. None of these people would have in, a freaking job. But if you were to jump in ten episodes into Blind Spot, there, 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 like, there is no world to 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 judge the harshness of that show against. Like, how do you mean? Blind Spot is a bad show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Horribly bad, but it's been bad since episode one, and you've watched it since episode one, and you've <laughs> even though it's bad because it's been the world it, because it's been, been built en- for you. <laughs> it's been enjoyably bad, and if I if I jumped into Blind Spot like today in the middle of season two or whatever, I'd be like, that guy sounds like a garbage disposal. Did they just blow that thing up? God, this is stupid. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> I guess it's just not my kind of stupid. <laughs> Not my kind of stupid. Karen, anything else? Yeah. <laughs> really wish that I could be more uh, articulate or entertaining in my criticism, but but I think Chris covered it pretty well. Okay. Well, they can't all be winners, people. You know, we no, have. Well, we ha- I mean, we have to sometimes d- disagree. We do, and it it makes for good shows. So, I mean, tell me more about what it is that you really like. I mean, I know you talked about the Doctor and Iceman's brother uh, relationship. I have, been, I have like, been watching the show since the first episode, so I know the backstory behind them. Like, they're, the, the the main characters started off with just Iceman and Badass Chick. And, Iceman's brother. Let's not defame me. Sean Ashmore. Excuse me. Iceman's <laughs> brother. And, and Dutch is her character name. And... The See, now, I can't... Dutch, that's Ed O'Neill, all right? Dutch will always be Holy Ed O'Neill. Yes. <laughs> it's exactly wow. the same so- thought I had. <laughs> Holy shit. Dutch is and will forever be Ed O'Neill. <laughs> okay. God, her name was Dutch. I don't even remember that. Did they even say it out loud? Yes. They definitely did. Yes. You're just terrible <laughs> with names. She's Dutch. It's Iceman true. I am John with names. And Soldier Boy is Jesus, Davin. that's my kid's name. How did I not know that? Because I just kept thinking of Iceman's brother the whole time. <laughs> you didn't want to know it. I didn't want to know it. It's They took the time to build each character up. And the relationships... They didn't just ha- like it. Didn't just happen. We were we started with a relationship that has already existed, which is Dutch and John. They have been doing this bounty hunter thing together for a while. John's brother's in trouble, which is Davin, the badass military dude. They bring him along, and there's a strain between him and his brother. So, and they keep building off of that with the overarching story of the evil 
That is the government in this world. And each other tertiary character shows up and has a backstory that's helpful. So where does Sexy Chick fit in? Because like Which is sexy all chick? the promote the sexy chick, um the 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 one who goes around screwing everybody. The one who was trapped on the ship with the big, big clutch. Okay. Dutch, oh, that's Dutch. She screwed one person. <laughs> Wait, I thought Dutch was the doctor. No, they said in the beginning that was her thing. She bangs people to feel better about herself. She's, she's like, oh, she's coping by, like, plowing some dude. <laughs> yes, because the episode before, she was plowing Davin, and Davin then tried to kill her. Because Davin's uh, fucked in the head. Uh. So, wait, the doctor's not Dutch? What's the doctor's name? Doctor something or other. Sims. Porter. Porter Sims is her name. <laughs> I'm looking at the cast wow. list. <laughs> Not that I remembered that. But that that's quite a name. Mm-hmm. Like, that is quite a name. That's another like screenwriting class 101 name. <laughs> her character is... Her family <laughs> is part of the higher ups in the government, but she fucked up and they kicked her out to the, the outskirts of... The universe. Jesus. She's she's freaking Simon. She yes. <laughs> Come on, Killjoys. Every character it like that's why I said it was as it was the most reminiscent thing of Firefly that I have seen to date. And it is because every character has a Firefly representative. <laughs> Madness. And I didn't say it was as good. I said it was the closest. You definitely thing. didn't. You didn't. You 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 didn't like set me up to to hate the show or anything like that. It's, <sighs> well, you know what? It was an interesting experience. And that's, <laughs> wow. And it had no, a good I mean, personality. I too. never ever would have. I never would have sniffed this show. And now I know what it is. Mm-hmm. If somebody says something about Killjoys, and <laughs> now if I ever am convinced to go back and watch it, I will have a frame of reference. And look, I've been wrong about this kind of stuff before, where I've thought something was just. Hey, there's no way I'm gonna like this. This is really stupid. And then I get into it. and It's like, damn, this is really good. And I wish I could think of what the, what I'm thinking about because I know that's happened before, where I've thought of that of something and I've been very wrong. But and I, I, I also I, I don't know. chose this episode because it is a one-off. It, it 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 touches a little bit into the story arc, very very little, but it is a one-off. Every other episode that aired previously and after this ties into a greater story arc which i felt if i was to give you one of those outside of the pilot it would have been completely lost because you don't know i know you have no frame of reference for this show that's Mm -hmm. why i also tried to pick a one-off but hey listen you guys watch certain shows i watch others it's fine it's true i want to thank everyone for listening to our final episode of this week's episode (laughs) (laughs) oh please if we survive me making you guys watch dragon ball z abridged i'm pretty sure we can survive killjoys (laughs) all right i I think we'll take a break i'm kind of sweating i'm feeling a little upset i'm gonna I, i need a moment um all right we're gonna take a break when we come back we're gonna talk some news stay tuned Chris and Vicky have been spending a lot of time playing the new Zelda game, so in order to give themselves a break from the action, they recorded the latest Wave Back episode, about a different Zelda game. In fact, it's Chris's all-time favorite video game, and if you want to hear him get all gushy about how much he loves the game and its music, check out Wave Back episode 39, The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. 
Have you ever known a man to love vests more than our very own Dean DeFalco? I sure haven't. So for this week's episode of Vest and Friends, Dean... Wait, no! The new episode is Vestless? That's right, Dean was trapped in his basement ironing his vests. So Jengis and Glenn held down the fort and talked about shooting themselves in the head. And by that, I mean the new Persona game. Don't miss Vest and Friends, Episode 10, Land of the Rising Persona. Legion was a weird show. In the best way possible, mind you, but it was still weird. Geek Aid's Trish Reyes did a fantastic job dissecting every episode this season on a weekly basis. But now that the finale has aired, how did the season work as a whole? Find out with what Trish thinks in Legion of Spoilers, Season 1. We here at Geekade naturally appreciate the arts. With the state of our country being the way it is, it seems like many of the arts are going to be going through some tough times. With much of our culture's more important artistic establishments seeing huge budget cuts or eliminations in favor of paying for other stuff, our very own Chip Garrison has more than a few words to say on the matter. Head over to the Think Tank and read in defense of PBS and NPR, and then go out and appreciate some local artists. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more, right now at Geekade.com. Hey, Chris! Hey, Evan! Guess what time it is. It's time for the Dragon Ball Super 60 Second Summary! (laughs) (laughs) Alright, get your timer out. Alright, everybody, play along at home. Chris, whenever you are ready. And go. Last time on Dragon Ball Super, Goku was going to go find out where uh, Android 17 was. And I was all jazzed to see that because I haven't seen Android 17 in a long time. And it'd be really neat to see the two of them finally score off. So Goku leaves to go find Android 17. And who does he find? Majin Buu training with Mr. Satan. And for some reason, Majin Buu is friggin' jacked now. And it's like, all right, that's kind of neat. Can we get to the thing I care about? But no, Goku had to stop and spar with Majin Buu for a bit. And I don't even remember what the heck else happened in this episode because I was just so ticked off because I didn't get to see Goku catch up with Android 17. So on the preview for next week's episode of Dragon Ball Super, it's all like, I'm Android 17. I'm a park ranger now and it's going to be awesome. And I'm going to finally fight Goku because two of them never actually fought in Dragon Ball Z. And I'm pretty stoked to see how that's going to turn out. I mean, he's an android, so I don't know how he's going to get like stronger. Oh, that's right. He went and talked to Dende and Dende told him where he was because he can't send energy. Uh, and that was pretty cool. So it's going to be a nice episode next week. I'm stoked. Thank you, sir. I felt like there was a little stretching there. Just a little stretch. And you know, if I have to stretch to summarize a a half an hour TV show in one minute, you know you've got some filler on your hands. I was so angry at this week's episode, man. Thank you, sir. so angry. (laughs) And we are back. Thank you so much for paying attention to our commercials and, you know... Feeling Chris's pain when it comes to draggy episodes of Dragon Ball. Uh, let's let's talk some news. Um, Karen, I yes. feel that you were excited about this first <laughs> article from uh, BBC One. Which of my exclamation points tipped you off? I was going. Actually, <laughs> it was all the capitalization of "get right the fuck out of town." That's what led me. <laughs> that's what led me to believe. Um, Okay, so is this a big deal? John's, it is. John's, I, I think so. Okay. 
Johnson to return as the master in Doctor Who. So, so explain this to me, Carol. Why are you so excited about this? Okay, well, first of all, Johnson played the master in the David Tennant era, and he was fantastic, eminently watchable, uh, just like charisma oozing right off the screen. He was great. And they never really showed him, like... <laughs> I guess they did. They showed him that the Time Lords came along and, like, took him and put him in prison or something. Well, the he, mas- he, he sacrificed himself, because I, I just got done watching it. Remember, he, like, oh. sacrificed himself to stop them. It was like he kind of sort of didn't really become a good guy per se, but he was just like, screw you, but screw these guys forever. (laughs) Screw these guys more. And pretty much like sacrificed himself to stop the Time Lords from re-Gallifreying. So has there been a new master since him? There has been Missy, uh, who is the master, but they kind of hid that fact for her first few appearances okay or, or at least the the majority of the first episode that she was in and then they yeah. revealed it at the end okay. uh so yeah his the the master's latest regeneration is a woman um and they so, didn't really explain how no how, they didn't explain yeah. how she came back at all which i kind of loved they were just I, like uh, she was just like i'm me of course i'm gonna be back <laughs> Yeah, like, because, yeah, they didn't really explain how he came back that one time either, you know, where he refused they never to regenerate. really explain how. And then he's just, like, back and, like, nah, screw it. He's the master. He's always coming back. So, but this is the first time he's come back as a previous incarnation. And I'm just so excited because there's been, like, you know, in the fan community, there's been a lot of, like, oh, I wish John Sim would come back. He was so good. I would, and, like, and nobody's ever really like said it'll never happen and nobody's ever been been able to say it'll definitely happen like it's just sort of this thing that might happen but if it did happen we wouldn't nobody could think of like how it would be able to happen but now uh john sim says i can confirm that it's true thanks to the power of time travel i'm back so that's interesting um yeah so it it doesn't specifically say when he's coming back. It's just that he will be within the tenth season, right? Yeah, this is ten. So that's Which uh, I'm okay. I don't need to know when he's gonna be in it. That that's yeah, and, starting and up. now there's there's a whole big period of time where he was on Earth and we didn't see any of it, like the literal years where he was John Saxon and Harold Harold Saxon and uh, yeah John Saxon <laughs> Mitchell. Uh, <laughs> It's where he was Harold Saxon, like climbing up the ranks of government and stuff. Like there was a long time where he was just like being mentioned. It's like, oh yeah, he's just he's Harold Saxon. He's he's prime minister. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hope this is like, I hope this is a significant story point and not just like a cheeky cameo. Yeah, uh, I want it. Yeah, because I mean, has there ever been multiple masters before? I like, mean, have they done like? Because I know they've done the multiple Doctor episodes. Have they ever done that with the master? No. Because that's kind of crazy. Because that means... Because yeah, I think I mean, he also said Missy's going to be in the episode, too. So Well, Missy's definitely in the season. I don't know if she's going to be in the same episode. I'm like, now look. I thought I remembered reading something where he said that it was that Missy and him were going to be in the same place at the same time. Which means that the Doctor's going to have to deal with two Masters. And one of them's going to be friggin' Missy, who's like the craziest master i've seen so i think they're both pretty batshit and that's 
spectacular. That's that why is I, really exciting. Exactly. It's very exciting. I can't wait to see the two of them pair up together and like <laughs> they're the the only person who could be a match for one is the other, you know? Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to see Capaldi dealing with the master too. Like And um great. Missy is very like kind of a sexualized character too, so I wonder how she's gonna respond to seeing the male <laughs> version of herself. Oh boy. <laughs> Jesus. Oh boy. Oh boy. All right. Moffat, don't Moffat this up. I feel a Moffat incoming. <laughs> All right. Uh, this one comes from the Huffington Post. Apparently, the Emmys is growing, it is making some strides in the right direction. Um, te- okay. Emmys tells the non binary star they can choose their award category. Now, before reading this article, I had no idea what that meant. I am, I guess I'm on the slower side. Um, for, <laughs> all right. Asia Kate Dillon is a, 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 an actor on, or actress, or I don't know how, what words to be using on the show Billions. And. Dylan is in the talks for receiving an Emmy. So, but they, when when the the channel that that is submitting for the Emmys, they didn't know if the category of actor or actress best or supporting denotes whether it's anatomy based or identity based. The the the, the Emmy people said. They could, they could choose whatever they want, and I I think that's that's pretty cool. You know, it's it's not it's letting the person choose how they want to be identified. Yeah. Now I'm. Hang on. I'm, I I. There was a slight uh, confusion in me. Never mind. Now I got it. <laughs> I was I was confused as to whether the character was gender non-binary or the actor. Turns out it's actually both. Yes, um, it is both. So, yeah. And I didn't even know what non-binary meant. And now I do. So I've learned something from Huffington Post. Um, yeah, it, it, good on them for, for keeping up with progress. Yeah, yeah. I, I, when I said this... Uh, when I t- sum- summed up this story for Chris, he, like, you could see him sort of, like, brace for the end of the story because he assumed it was going to be an unhappy ending. And then, like, I told him what, what the Emmy's response was. And he was like, wow, that's uh, a... <laughs> that's a surprise. Good for the Emmys. <laughs> nice, to, nice to hear somebody doing the right thing for once. Yeah, yeah, very good. It, it, it's <laughs> it's time and it's, it's just the right thing to do, so... Good on him. Um, <laughs> now, I got a little excited when I saw this next article, and I can only imagine what happened to you, Karen. Uh, <laughs> Stephen Amell will appear on the American, American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Matt Eisman. <laughs> And and here's the funny thing. Right now, I I I am searching like through this article because 
it's not just Amel. It's apparently a charity event, and it's a here it is. Okay, apparently there are a bunch of celebrities going to be on American Ninja Warrior. Excuse me, American Ninja Warrior. But my favorite was seeing where is it? Uh, Kevin Paul Amel. Ah, Miras. Wait a second, Mina Savari. Now. That was pro- I don't know any of the other names that well Nikki Glazier I recognize uh, and that's it I think Nick Swisher plays for the Yankees uh, Nat- Natalie Morales was an anchor on Today Derek Huff is the big time Dancing with the Stars guy and Erica Christensen was uh, one of the main characters on Parenthood so and there's a couple other people right but Mina was like straight out of left field for me. I was like, wow, interesting. Yeah, that now. is definitely. <laughs> now I will be entertained. Not the first name I would have, yeah. So, yeah, that, you know, <laughs> this season is going to feature this uh, charity event. It's for um, <clears throat> Red Nose Day, which yep. is raising money for children that are living in poverty. Uh, it's a big deal. So I'm not sure how they're raising money. Um, I don't know if it actually said this in the article. I don't think it did. But anything that they could do to raise awareness is, is yet a good thing. Man, lots of good things going on in the news this week. Hmm. I like that uh, all the uh, celebrity ninjas will be paired with an elite ninja. <laughs> yes. And Stephen Amell is being paired with Kate, Katie, yeah, Casey Catanzaro. At, is, at she, she's like, she's the little tiny woman that did it. And she's fantastic. I just think the, the the physical comedy of the pairing is is funny. Now, they how are they? I haven't seen American Ninja Warrior in a while, but it is a singles event, isn't it? Yeah, I think that the elite ninja person that they are paired with is uh, was training them oh, on like okay. specific ninja skills. Uh, that um, makes sense. Interesting. I saw a. a, a I originally saw this story posted on Facebook um, by Stephen Amell mm-hmm. or maybe on Twitter. Um, but it was it was just this, basically the text of the tweet that's in this article saying that he was going to be on it on May 25th paired with a video from a convention a couple of years ago where somebody in the in a fan in the audience asked him when he was finally going to do American Ninja Warrior and he was like, uh, let's say 2017. <laughs> <laughs> and now he had to uh, finally commit to uh, to that since it was a public statement. There you so, go. He's, he, he's keeping his word and, you know, doing it for a good cause as well. Um, okay. This, this next article sort of took me by surprise because I totally forgot Gorillaz was a thing. <laughs> um, well, they just have a new album out. Yeah, well, I haven't thought about them in over a decade. Well, clearly you don't have sunshine and bag. <laughs> no, I do not. Um, the animator that did the artwork for... Jesus, I can't even remember what song it was. For the Gorillaz videos is doing a 10-episode animated series. And apparently it's... A, to be tied into their new album. So, no news as to where it's going? 
Anything? Bueller? No? No, sorry, my yeah. nope. browser crashed, but... um. I, I yeah. TV. It's going to TV. TV. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Just making sure we both got the same information. It's going to TV. I always like this I'm, style. I'm with you as like, I don't know where this, this like came out of the damn blue. Like, I know they have a new album coming out, but like, have they been around this whole time? And I'm just not paying attention, or have they been like kind of dormant for a while, and now they've come back? Does anybody know? I think they've been sort of around. Like they go away for a bunch of years, and they come back, and their fans are just like, "Oh, the gorillas are back!" And then they like, you know, they're all cartoons and stuff, and I don't pay attention because <laughs> I dig the gorillas, but not really enough to seek them out too often and watch so. their cartoons. But hey, they've got fans and uh good for them and their fans are getting a show yes yes they are all right let's let's talk some more arrow and not necessarily I, like i didn't really fully understand this article but is it manu bennett yes all right manu bennett is set to return as deathstroke on arrow no, not on Arrow. See, no, that's the title. That was the assumption. That. Everyone was like, oh, he's coming back as Deathstroke on Arrow. And then Manu Bennett was just like, mm bitch, I ain't coming back to Arrow. I'm just coming back as Deathstroke. In, okay, because I was that was the title, and then within the, the yeah, article. Yeah, exactly. Where, I guess, is it going to be Legends? <sighs> that's the only other place I can imagine it working, although he, he could be on Flash. Who knows? He could be on Supergirl, for all we know. That's true. Uh, I just okay, well, this article is reporting that he's Stephen Amell has taken to Twitter to reveal that Manu Bennett will return to the series as Deathstroke. It's the first line of the article. But then Manu Bennett tweeted. Oh. I think that the bottom of it, he's just like, I'm not coming back to Arrow. <laughs> so where's his tweet? Because when I saw that as well. Citywide Manhunt Justice. I saw that somewhere. Yeah, this it was like an update, and now that's not showing on here. This is a scintillating podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is just people listening to us read. Uh, since the character's been. No, I, I guess. Maybe it live updated and it changed the things that we read before. Let's just go with that. We're going to look into it and we'll. Follow up with you folks. Uh, either way, he's coming back as Deathstroke on CW. How's that? That's a cover. That's a catch-all. There you go. It'll be on one it's of them. It's going to be on ABC. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> he makes his way through, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for some reason. <laughs> Faces off against Kurt on a blind spot. <laughs> um, Chris, you posted up this next one. This This made me... This tickled me a little bit because... I was a, a fan of Faulty Towers. Apparently, John Cleese is coming back to a BBC sitcom. And that's the first time since Faulty Towers, which was 79, I think that ended. I think yes. So, in case you're keeping track, I have been waiting for John, John Cleese to be in a sit sitcom my entire life. For 30 plus <clears throat> years. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a funny, situational type comedy. It seems um, he is playing the love interest to Edith, right? Yeah, Edith, and 
she turns him down a bunch, and when she finally accepts his proposal, her 50-year-old son, Roger, returns home. So, it's... it's it, The imagery on on this article shows a young John Cleese, and that's how I always remember him, even though I've seen him as... He's, he's an older gentleman now. Still funny as fuck, man. That guy is fast. He is. Um... Yeah, so more John Cleese. Is Looks like a good show. Yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah. BBC Do I have to get one? Box to get this show? Right. Did it say BBC One or did it not? Yeah. So. It says BBC One. BBC One. There you go. <laughs> well, a little follow-up on Manu Bennett. as He does appear to be tweeting that he's not going to be on Arrow. Uh, and I'm looking at a story on bleedingcool.com that's saying... That they think he's trolling fans and not telling the truth by saying he's not coming back to Arrow? I'm looking at his Twitter, and now I'm wondering if the the assumption about him coming back at all is true. Because um, it's Deathstroke is coming back. but like So his tweets, he says, For the record, I'm not going back for Arrow. Hashtag assumption is the mother of all. Then he uh, added a photo... And he said three hours ago, he says, enough BS about DS. Fact, Deathstroke, uh, hashtag Arrow, are currently filming in Vancouver is not me. I am in Auckland, uh, Auckland filming uh, Shannara Chronicles. So I guess Deathstroke's coming back, but it's not going to be Manu Bennett. Ooh, interesting. Like, I, don't, I wonder where the confusion is from. Like, I think Stephen Amell's Twitter was just a picture of the desperate yeah desperate desperate yeah his tw- the original tweet says from Stephen Amell desperate times call for desperate measures welcome back Manu Bennett yeah and it's also been produ- uh confirmed by a, pr- a producer on <laughs> Arrow so and replying to Stephen Amell uh Manu's re- reply to Stephen Amell was WTF question mark question mark question mark oh <laughs> uh. We're just gonna let this one play out, I guess. Something, yes, yeah, some, <laughs> something, something not magic going up here. on in the world of Arrow. Hmm. I'd like to see him back, but I know, like, he does not have a good relationship, or at least didn't have a good relationship with the uh, the whole uh, Arrow thing. Like, he did not leave that show <coughs> in good terms. So I don't know. Well, I guess we'll keep an eye out to see how it actually flushes out. We sure will. Um, okay. Amy Sherman Palladino is getting another show. Uh, she has been given a two-season series order at Amazon to do the... What is it? Did they call it a comedy drama? A dramedy? Yes. <laughs> a dramedy. Uh, the Marvelous Mrs. Mizell? Maisel. Maisel. Um, she's she was the one responsible for Gilmore Girls, right? Yep. Okay, I'll check it out. Yes, this is a good thing to do. This is, I feel like, a good pairing of creator and uh, and network. Or yeah, you know what? What? What was that acronym we heard a few weeks ago? Multi. Oh no. Something <laughs> streaming platform thing. Yeah. Whatever that is. Um, 
I don't understand a hundred percent on. <laughs> I think it's about a, a, an upscale woman who lives in New York who turns out that she she's she's a comedian. Um, or she has a, a, a skill. The way you just explained I, it makes it sound like she wakes up and suddenly finds that she's a comedian. Like, it's a surprise to her. And that would be an amazing, amazing scenario. But, okay. But her perfect life suddenly takes an unexpected turn and Midge discovers a previously unknown talent. One that changes her life forever. She charts a course that takes her from comfortable life on Riverside Drive for the basket houses and nightclubs of Greenwich, uh, Greenwich Village. Like, I guess this woman's going to be a comedian, a stand-up comic. Great. It'll be... And it's going to be a period piece set in the late 50s, so that's neat. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even catch that part. Nice. I like, No matter what... I was happy with her last stuff, so I will check it check it out. Um, it's good that they got a two season order so that they can, you know, stretch out their legs and, and plan a proper storyline as opposed to the uh we'll give you, you know, first six episode order and then let you know and okay, you could do the second half. This is the right way to do things. Let let the show do its thing. Um this is Yeah, and I mean she has enough cred to um deserve that kind of that kind of a long leash from Amazon. Mm-hmm. And this was also one of those uh, pilots that Amazon, you know, that, that, the, 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 oh, Jesus, what was it? The Tick, I think it was. That, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Amazon puts up a bunch of pilots and then decides to go with the one that's the most pop, go with the ones that are most pos- popular. So people are watching the pilot and enjoying it. There you go. Make the show. And that's what they're doing. Good on That's said that model that Amazon has come up with is just so much a better, better way to do things than the making a bunch of pilots and seeing what sticks from uh, networks, like the way the networks do it. It's just it's just better, fast. Like I feel like you get a faster, <laughs> excuse me, a faster return on, mm-hmm. you know, whether or not people like it, mm-hmm. and. Ba- using that as the basis of whether or not to make more episodes makes more sense than to just have the studio decide whether they're going to pick up the pilot and start making episodes and then after the episodes airs then we start to get feedback right it j- it's i don't know just makes sense it does the microphone's not picking up my nodding but i'm nodding <laughs> <laughs> well what's wrong with it well all right look. stupid audio microphones <laughs> Let's go from things that make sense to things that don't make sense. <sighs> it was excellent segment. I, I try. It was so close. YouTube, you had the right idea, but apparently did you just, they? You'd gone and <laughs> fucked it all up. Uh, yeah, getting into the, the the live streaming television stuff. Yeah, that's that's a good thing. Um, if you DVR in the cloud and you make us watch fucking commercials, that's the wrong thing. That's the yeah, point the of DVR. DVR. In the cloud thing was kind of a smart business, <laughs> but yeah, the fact that they're like, no, you're going to watch these commercials. Like that, and that's such a YouTube thing to do, man. Like, 
Yeah. Every couple of months or so, you log into YouTube to watch some bullshit video on how to clean, you know, how to empty out your vacuum cleaner properly. And it's just like, you want to skip this ad? Sign up for YouTube Red. <laughs> you you want to keep enjoying this uh, free stuff we've been uh, giving you this whole time that we've been making load, loads of money off of because, you know, we're YouTube. Uh, well, now we're going to make you watch these ads. Well, unless you pay us for YouTube Red, then you don't have to watch ads. Please, please sign up for YouTube Red. Please. Well, we have, YouTube... we have PewDiePie. We had PewDiePie, guys. <laughs> we made a new show with PewDiePie. Please. YouTube TV is a a $35 a month thing. Yeah, it's PlayStation View, Sling, DirecTV. So, like, you're getting my money. Why are you forcing me to watch ads? Ah. So that they can get more money? More money. That's all it's about. Um, apparently, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I don't. I didn't see the the advantage of this over something like Sling, other than the the cloud DVR thing, which was kind of spiffy. But, yeah, but I didn't really look at the channel lineup on this. I know they said they have some. They, these guys have some deal with some live sports, but that's still such a tangled web of mm-hmm. effery. I don't well, and it's know it's where to like begin on it. the the okay. If the show is available on demand via their their service then you have to, you have to watch the commercials like it's not you're not actually watching your DVR'd episode if you've DVR'd an episode that is on on demand it doesn't store it for you it just makes you watch the on demand which is forced commercial watching yeah unlike like a no, cable box and stuff. you're literally recording it onto a hard drive and do with it what you will I don't know Man, someone's got to get this right. We're getting there. We're getting there. All right. Chris and Karen, apparently you guys did something. Was it yesterday? We sure did. Yeah, Yeah, it was uh, last Sunday AD. (laughs) Last Sunday AD? (laughs) And the original theme song, (laughs) Not Your Distant Future, next Sunday AD. And then a week ago when the... Karen and I are backers for Mystery Science Theater 3000's return, and since we backed at a certain tier, we got access to the new episode, uh, or the first new episode of the season, a uh, week ahead of everybody. Ooh, so, uh, you, we watched dancers. it. <laughs> and I wanted to talk a bit of uh, what I thought about it, because Mystery Science Theater 3000 is my favorite TV show. And this is a TV show podcast, so, you know. Let's do bizarre. it. What do you got? Let's do it. Are you, are you going to break my heart now? No, oh, okay. it's it's great. It's really great. It is it is very much a modern mystery science theater. It is the show. It is it is that DNA through and through. It is it's a lot more like a modernized version of the Joel era, or I'd say more specifically the um, Comedy Central years. Okay. You know, before the movie, before uh, Sci Fi Channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it takes a lot of its cues from that. It takes a lot of its pacing. Uh, from that, like there's the they used to do these interstitials. Um, some of the some of the commercial breaks were just like, and here's a picture experiment, you know, two o one, and the the movie title and some sort of like you know funny little tiny model thing. And it was just like something they would show where they would fade out and then fade back in. And in this one, they the commercial breaks were really built into the show originally. And since Netflix doesn't have those, I was wondering, you know, how they were going to handle it. And they had these cute little musical number breaks <laughs> where they had this, like, ska band, 
bone dudes in the background and uh, TV son of TV's Frank, uh, Patton Oswalt, talking, just just saying a bunch of stuff about it, and it was it was wonderful. Um, you know, I have a few I have a few minor gripes about it, um, but I from reading all the updates that Joel's been given through the whole process, uh, he says that they really kind of found their groove a couple episodes in. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they feel like they're rushing a lot. Like um, they talk a lot faster than um, they than, than the old shows did. They just seem like they're rushing and that they're trying. Um, and I don't. I mean, this is a minor quibble. This isn't like something that's just like, oh, they just seem like they're trying. It's like you can. It's not as effortless for these guys yet as it was for the original crews. Um, at least it doesn't sound that way. Uh, the redesign of Crow, like the new voices, are great of okay. Crow and Servo, but their voices are very similar to each other. The, okay. Like I. I I was always able to very clearly differentiate like when Crow, Mike, Joel, or Servo were talking because their voices were so different. And now Jonah, Crow, and Servo don't sound extremely different from one another. Maybe I'm going to just get used to it over time, but I, I had a hard time telling who was talking okay. uh, a lot of the time. Um, Servo's arms move now. That's kind of weird. Uh <laughs> And Crow's wait, arm, like, wait, like, like, not in just the floppy way. Didn't, yeah, no, they're they're they work now. Oh. It was always kind of one of the jokes of Servo is his arms don't work, but everybody got upgrades. Um, uh, Crow is uh, his arms are a lot thicker, mm-hmm. and uh, he's more animated now. Um, Servo, his hover skirt works better now, so he gets to fly around, but only in the movie theater because you know, that's that's where the effect is more usable. Uh-huh. Uh, and Gypsy got the biggest upgrade. She's actually voiced by a woman now, and um, <laughs> I think I think what they did with her is great. Uh, she sounds great. She gets to come in to the theater and do uh, riffs from time to time, and her whole thing is she's she's hanging from the ceiling now. Like she got this. The whole thing with Gypsy was that she was always kind of dimwitted because mm-hmm. she her most of her memory was uh, dedicated to the running the higher functions of the satellite of love. And now she's been upgraded, and so now it doesn't require as much of her attention to do run the higher functions of the satellite of love. So you get to see her like doing a bunch of stuff, and she's always hanging from the ceiling now instead of just being a pipe sticking out of the ground. <laughs> uh, and she comes into the theater and does stuff like they're they're doing things during the episodes. It's it's kind of neat. Um, what were your thoughts uh, before I go even further? I that's. <laughs> um, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, I will post in the show notes uh, a little piece that I found from Nerdist.com about just sort of some of the behind the scenes. And uh, I think some of the pacing that you're referring to of it being very fast uh, is like just a, a product of the way that they did it, where they, they're on a condensed schedule mm-hmm. um, shooting everything and also, all the cast that's involved are all, you know, grew up watching the show or big fans, so they're really trying, like what you say, they were really trying to uh, get all those jokes in. I think what what it, what we're feeling is they're really just trying to get it right and make mm-hmm. sure that they get, you know, they they do it as close as possible to the original, and uh, and you can definitely feel that. Um, all the host sh- segments were shot in like a week. 
Well, yeah, like, and they were great. They were great. <laughs> the God, uh, uh, Patton Oswalt and Felicia Day. I love oh the two God, of them together. The biggest laugh I had of the whole night was just um, Felicia Day's Day's delivery and her face. Yeah, I mean, she was she was great. Line. They were. I mean, like I said, Mystery Science Theater is my favorite show ever, and I love the Mads. I loved Doctor Forrester and TV's Frank. I, you know, I didn't really like Larry all that much, but he was only around for one season. And I think uh, J. Elvis Weinstein, when he did that, he was like 17 years old or something. So I, I certainly don't hold that against him. When he was in Cinematic Titanic, he was very, very funny. Um, but TV's Frank and Dr. Forrester, I absolutely loved those two. I loved their dynamic together. Uh, actually, Tra- uh, Trace Beaulieu and Frank Conniff have a, a movie podcast right now called Movie Sign with the Mads, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh not that they need us to plug them, but uh, it's a great, great, great uh, show to listen to. But uh, when it switched over to Pearl and Brain Guy and Professor Bobo, I didn't really enjoy the the host segments as much anymore. I always liked uh, Mike and the bots, but I mean, Mary Jo Peel is, is a very funny woman. I just never really enjoyed her all that much as Pearl. Um, and it's just about the whole Pearl, Brain Guy, Bobo thing that didn't really connect with me a lot of the host segments became kind of just uncomfortable um but when they did this one like i said it harkens back to the the comedy central era and you know they did the invention exchange which i hope is a recurring thing like they were kind of vague about it on the show of whether or not it'd be a recurring thing Mm -hmm. but i loved the invention exchange and i actually wanted the thing that jonah (laughs) had oh my god me too it was uh, like one of those fold open fans, but for bubbles. And so it had all these holes in it and you dip it in the, the, the bubble stuff and you open it up and then you shake it like a fan and bubbles are everywhere. <laughs> it was genius. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. I, I really liked the way everybody interacted with one another. And I, I loved the host segments were great. Uh, the set is a little to ktma for my taste like this I, I the set had so much more personality and especially during the 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 sci-fi channel era there's like a lot of personality to the the set and the satellite of love and the actual set where jonah and the bots are now is really really simple mm-hmm. I'm, this is such a minor complaint i mean really what karen said before about everyone trying is so right they are it is 100% the soul of Mystery Science Theater is there, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the next episodes are like, because the first episode they did was, it had a whole intro sequence that was kind of built into the show, almost like a cold open, mm-hmm. instead of just a title sequence, which I assume they're just going to have an opening title sequence for all the following episodes. Um which I really look forward to seeing because the version of the Mystery Science Theater theme they played on on there was was fantastic. They re, they re-recorded the end credits theme, right. and it's gorgeous. Uh, <laughs> I, I was so happy with it, and it was really really funny. Besides the fact that the riffs were coming out so fast, like they were kind of rushing to say the lines, uh, and some of the timing wasn't wasn't as you know flawless as it used to be on the old show uh it was really funny like it was really 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 funny there was this the movie was terrible oh my god the movie was <laughs> god, the so movie. 
bad. That was like that was what I was waiting for you to say. It's just oh like God. it was maybe the worst movie anyone's ever seen. It's it is wow. I'm just wow. I was not prepared for the visual effects of the monster in this movie, but there was just this one bit towards the middle where the monster goes on a rampage and man there was it was rapid fire riff after riff and they were so good it was so <laughs> freaking funny i'm i'm so excited to see more of this like because i i there's you can see the potential in in this cast like they're gonna get it they've already got it right so much and they're just gonna get better from here so and they, i they, hope it is they very release successful. this friday right yeah the 14th yeah, this friday so they're all gonna be out Nope. There you go. I'm glad you got. I'm glad it's living up to your hopes, because you know I I know how sometimes how much yeah sometimes Kickstarters Kickstarters don't and yeah. reviving something like this is a tough thing and instead of going for I I really really respect what Joel and everybody did with this because instead of just making new mystery science theater they made it as if like you know because it still uses all these like really cheap effects mm-hmm. and whatnot but it's still more modern than it was. It's not like it's not like we're watching another show like the episode right after Diabolic. Like we're not. We're watching something that is new. It feels new. It looks new. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's you know going with a new cast and everything was the right thing to do. I do hope that they explain in some way shape or form how Crow and Servo got back on the satellite of love or but <laughs> you know. Well, whatever. Let's just let's just hope for you know, a solid continuation and, you know, more of this good stuff. Yeah, it's great. I'm happy. All right, let's let's wrap up with this final um, news article. Apparently, we haven't been paying attention or, or mentioning it really at all, but Nashville's getting a, a sixth season. Yeah, against all odds, man. <laughs> so... Yeah, apparently it's, it's doing uh, it's okay. Succeeding and thriving at CMT. Yay! I, I mean, apparently they've they they've lost one of their major cast members and have gained a bunch of uh, new talent. Yeah, I have been uh, I've been catching up on this with my daughter when she decides to wake me up at five o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and. Uh, I, I we're gonna hear a lot more about it. Yeah, it's 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 weird because season six was greenlit, and they have yet to finish out season five. Like they still have what is yeah. it, eleven episodes left of season five. Yeah, so. um, I was not. I did not. I was not aware that they're doing this in like this season that they're in. They're doing in two halves because I saw. 11 episodes from this season built up in my uh, on demand and I said oh I guess uh, I guess that's they're just doing a short season 11 episodes that's cool I, I, I'm fine with that and uh, then I saw this article and like the second half premieres June 1st what <laughs> yeah another okay another 11 episodes for season 5 and then I I'm assuming it's a full season. Did it say full, or just no? It just says season six. Uh, so season. I guess it's 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 in the wording, but you know, full season for them is 22 episodes. So 
Good on them. They, oh, they're doing well. CMT on Monday handed out a 16-episode season six. There you go. What I said when Karen told this to me was like, I mean, spoiler alert, they killed off the main character. That's not even the mid-season finale. Like, <laughs> that's not even the mid-season finale? Yep. Like, that, I thought that was a season finale. Like, no, no, it's not even the mid-season finale. <laughs> I think they said it was like the third episode in or something like that. It was not that. It was, I think... I think it was the penultimate episode of the first half. Like, so man, that the final, uh, the, the, the mid-season finale was everybody dealing with their grief and whatnot. So Connie Britton was, was really like, nah, screw this CMT bullshit. It's major well, network she, television or nothing. She <laughs> wanted out when it went to CMT. Yeah. She wanted it out before that happened. So this is the deal that they made. And I, I think we talked about the story before that she... Uh, um, excuse me, that the writers decided to kill her because, like, they just couldn't find a way to where the character would still be alive but not be around the rest of the people in their life. Like, the show, she's the main character. The show's about her. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't just leave. She's got kids, uh, you know, she's married. She's whatever. Yeah, it's <laughs> just, just easier to, you know, take her out. Bump her off. Yeah. So... Well, it's been pretty good. Yeah, I'm averaging 2.1 million viewers, and I guess that's pretty good for CMT. Well, I mean, yeah. So, Ooh, have you? Do you know what else nope. is on CMT? Because <laughs> I don't even you, know if I have you, CMT. <laughs> I, I don't have CMT, and yet I have been able to watch it because I guess they made a deal with Comcast where they put up the first six episodes of the season on demand. Right for for Comcast customers, regardless if you have CMT or not, and when you watch it that way, you get to see the commercials for other CMT programming, <laughs> and it's all garbage. <laughs> no offense, I'm sure there are people out there who like it, but oh my god, there's a Tim Allen sitcom where the whole premise is that he is uh, he's a he, guy. He's a guy, and he lives in his house with a wife and daughters, and his it's, life is terrible because he's the only man. It's called Last Man Standing, yeah, and I really watched bad. that show on Netflix. <laughs> I'm sorry, Evan. I really is, don't like it. Is it is not good. <laughs> it, I'm not saying that it's good. <laughs> and, like, everything else is, like, uh, it's just country music related somehow. And I always wondered being what a show fan, that show was on. I don't. I don't know if it actually is on that channel, and it's just re-airing like reruns on CMT. Oh, but anyway, uh, it's not good. Yeah, it's a Tim Allen show. But Nashville's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, that's it. That's what. That's 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 it for the news. Um, Chris, hey, give us your spiel. Okay, you can get in touch with us at com as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with both the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. Find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content. And follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. Or follow the show specifically at Twepcast. Or follow us individually. I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Evan is at... Geekade underscore Evan. And Karen is at... Shoot underscore the underscore moon. 
If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed here tonight, be sure to check out the show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes or Stitcher, or if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new almost every single day. That Back al- to you, Evan. That almost breaks my heart. We tried so hard. <laughs> There's, Car- you know what? We did it for years. There's only so much I can do. And, and nobody's saying otherwise. Unless anybody out there wants to pay Chris, in which case there you we go. can talk. There you go. Karen, it's yes. your turn. Speaking of Nashville. <laughs> Segway. It's time, you guys. Oh, man. Okay. Uh- <laughs> Nashville. <laughs> uh, I you won't have the basis that I have of the first four seasons to be able to see the difference, but I'd like to talk about it anyway. So we're gonna watch season five, episode three. It's called "Let's Put It Back Together Again." Let's put. All right. Thank you, Karen. We'll give it a. You're welcome. We'll give it a shot. I guess it can't be much worse than Killjoys. <sighs> break my heart all right thank you so much for joining us this week um join us next week on this week's episode so from all of us here at this week's episode i'm evan i'm karen killjoy oh jesus good night and this concludes our broadcast day